Yo, Mr. Davies, it's crazy hot outside, man. Flame on. Summertime, baby. I got my ice water. We're burning. Burning. Yeah, it's, like, it's like 25 degrees. and um, More like 28, no? More like 28. It feels more like 28. Uh, I've had to go switch between wearing my tank and putting on a t-shirt for like video calls because I just can't stand the heat indoors. I know. Right now, I'm wearing a sleeveless. I was like, there's no way I'm wearing a regular shirt. Summer's here. I guess it's time for us to head out to the beach. But before that, episode four. How you feeling? Boom, boom, pow. All right, let's get into it. Summertime, man. Demon time. (laughs) I'm joking. All right. (laughs) Let's get into it. All right, let's jump right into it. It's been a crazy week, man. Roller coaster. News everywhere. So much going on in the world. So much. I think one that kind of like stuck out like a sore thumb this week was uh, Commander-in-Chief, uh, the president of Nigeria, and his deleted tweet. Oh, who's that again? Uh, some, some call him Boo-Boo. Boo-Boo. I don't know who that is, man. <laughs> don't know who that is. Oh but nah, nah, that country is run by clowns, literally. Like every single one of them, I can say this with confidence, is a clown. I can honestly say that I have never considered Nigeria to be a country based on what the definition of a country really is. Um, but that's a whole different podcast by itself. So I can't so it's more of a settlement. But yeah. It's a concept, a concept <laughs> that, just, that just does not work, right? And so we're going to talk about that maybe not another episode or a whole different show. And uh, the president tweeted about how, you know, it's going to basically threatened Nigerians in, in a tweet. Do you know what the problem is? These people were military dictators and generals and colonels or whatever you want to call them. And they come now in this facade democratic state, right? They have yeah. and, and think they're still and they're still running things like they used to when they're in the military, right? And you talk to the people like you think you're in a dictatorship where you're just gonna come in the street and shoot everyone, like do you know what I mean? Like they need to fix up, you know. It's really I, messed up. And I feel like they've really, really gone beyond like the point of no return, returning, like learning where they find it difficult to process like new information. Like even though the world has moved on from everything that you think you know and do, they're still so, so stuck in the past. It's like, come on, learn something. These are a bunch of old men, you know, <laughs> the old men that were running things when it's still the same group of people running things since, you know, back in the day when the country first got, got um, independence, right? Still oh, the yeah. same people. They run it that way. They're still running it the same way. You know, they're not. They don't want to learn anything new, and they're not letting anyone younger come in as well. Right. It, it's just crazy. And I, I think the funniest thing in this whole like ordeal for me is how Nigerians always tweet uh, or treat the whole scenario like they know Jack Dorsey is on his laptop somewhere and clicking delete. <laughs> And everybody's like, thank you, Jack. And they keep mentioning and tagging Jack in their tweets, like, like for real. Like, Jack just, like, sits by his computer all day blocking people and, like, <laughs> disabling their accounts and all that. I, I, I thought that was really, really funny. I know, right? That, that cracks me up. But, yeah, I'm glad they took it down. Um, they need to show these people, right, that they're not all powerful, all almost high, whatever, yeah. right? Right. And I was posting... Um, about how tweets like that, like the thread uh, the president did, is exactly why companies like Twitter will see an economy like Nigeria and decide, nope, we're gonna take our business elsewhere because this con- this 
quote unquote country mm. can go from I everything is smooth sailing into chaos in less than a minute. And and that's not good for business, right? You need some stability for business. Exactly. And even apart from the fact that Nigeria's economy is the biggest in Africa, but you gotta think about it that it's it's no longer emerging, right? It's no longer moving forward. Like the country is in a recession. Um Ghana on the other hand is doing a lot more better. So right. obviously Twitter sort of you know, a better fit to go there and not just the economy in terms of, you know, security and other things as well, stability, you know, right. um, power, um, connection, network connection, that's what I mean. So all those things all come into play, right? Oh yeah, it, it seems like, the, like the, the growth of the country has like plateaued right now and is steadily on the decline as a matter of fact because, you know, like it's, it's in the negative in terms of growth overall and uh, there's so many cases of uh, injustice ever so often in the country mm. and the only time this administration decides to come out and voice whatever opinion they have is when they are threatened not when the lives of the average person is is already um, at risk exactly everyone's in there for personal gain like these guys are not they don't think in terms of the populace right they're thinking what do I, what can I do for myself right to enrich myself and enrich my household right Right. And my friends, they're not thinking about the general population. And that's the biggest issue there, right? Oh, man. It's it's sad, uh, but I, I'm really glad that Nigerians rallied and reported that tweet. And everybody came together like a community and they uh, did what they had to and teach them a lesson because these guys feel obviously impermeable to anything. They, they must see themselves as gods, right? Mm. And, you know, I don't want to say too much on, on air, but the <laughs> thoughts I have for them, I can tell you they're not very good ones. Yeah, definitely. Um, I'm sure a lot of people share your sentiment. But speaking of rallying together and community, I want to see how much you can talk about this next topic without uh, taking it too personal. Uh, whatever happened with the AMC stock uh, today? <laughs> yeah, AMC. Um, first of all, AMC saved my portfolio twice. There you go. Do you know what I mean? Like they gave me a heads up like earlier on in the year. Um, I went into AMC at 199, right? So good profit. Like when I sold, it was about 16, I think, when I let it go, which was a big mistake. <laughs> <laughs> it was a big mistake. I should let that. I should let it, you know, stay in there till now. Just let it grow. Right? I took the I took the the money and reinvested in some other um other stocks, right? Right. Um, but I mean that was one of my at the time, I thought I was making a good decision because, I mean, it makes some money, right? Um, but now, you know, hindsight, you see that wasn't that great. And then just started jumping off. I jumped in early, um, not too early. I, I went in about 20-something bucks, I don't remember exactly, right? Um, again, when I saw that I was on the on the hype, like to ride on that hype, and then I did this limit sell because I, I was... I was tired. I had to, you know, waking up early. Like when you're when you're doing um, day trading and stuff, like you have to wake up early if you're living here on the west coast, right? Right, because like the stock market is open. It's like what six thirty a.m. here, so like um, I forgot. It was. I wish. I wish I forgot on Friday. Um, I wish I forgot the way I forgot on Friday because on Friday I forgot that I was day trading it, so I actually slept in. <laughs> so when I woke up, I didn't catch the initial. You know, when the stock market opens, it has that initial high. Um, so at job site, I had to stay the course, right? And I was like, I'll come in on Tuesday. And when because I know it's going to open higher. And I'll sell then. So I woke up early, did the limit sell. Um, I sold about, I sold it, I sold it for 40. So at 40, 
forty dollars, but you know, big mistake again. I should let it go because it went up to about seventy one today, right? Right, but forty still good gains, right? I mean, it's still good gains, but like seventy one, you know, what I'm saying <laughs> that's an an extra ninety something percent. I think the top. stock did so well that even if you came in at fifty today, mm. right, and you you had like good footing, like you still made some good money. Yeah, so, yeah, <laughs> but I mean, think about it. Put if you put, you know. Uh, 10 grand and you make a 90% increase which is just shy of another 10 grand right yeah. um, as opposed to you put in 10 grand and you make like a 200% that's it's a big you know it's a big difference right like oh, yeah. yes you made 10 grand in one trade right, right? but you could have made 20 grand which is a big big oh, difference yeah, as you know right significant amount exactly so that's that's my that's that's the painful part because I'm like you know I could have made a whole lot more right should be smiling to the bank and doing a few <laughs> things this summer you know but still catch me outside this summer though there you go all right so those listening timmy's gonna be outside this summer oh uh, but yeah still with this amc stock I, I think it goes to prove the power of like the rebellious trader right mm. you see how things have always uh, been in the stock market like a lot of people are really unhappy with how um some companies go public and whatever would be insider trading in some sphere mm. is not insider trading for them because exactly. it's applied to them but then you have the power of this community, even though granted the people who make the most gains on this Reddit threads are already for the most part to a certain degree privileged. Cause if mm. you have just like 10 grand sitting in the bank that you could invest in a stock like AMC, it means you, you're doing pretty okay. Right. Yeah. But still there are people who don't have that much. I, you know, I know people who put like $300 when this thing was like 16. Mm. Right. And now it's like 68 last time we checked. Yeah. $68. So it's, it goes it's about 67 today. That's, that's like pretty much everybody who invested is in the green and that's crazy right yeah for sure i mean it's very risky things because the the guys on wall street you know they don't play fair right um they halted trading once today and they halted trading what was it in march as well when this was also skyrocketing skyrocketing right, right? right. and there's the excuse like oh yeah we're trying to pro protect the um the consumer we're trying to protect the average man no not your protection <laughs> man like they did that manipulate the market and let that thing drop they right. should just let the market go. Like that's what they, these guys inside trade all the time. They do it all the time, right? There's no way on earth you tell me these guys don't do it. They have friends on the inside, they have business partners, whatever that give them hints. And like, you know what? We're gonna go public with this. They already know what the company has, right? Mm -hmm. And they know what to put their money in. It is what it is. That's true. And I'm gonna preface this next part with don't take investment advice from us. We're not giving anybody investment advice. We're just, you know, mm. talking about what we're involved in. Just normal guys trying to be rich. Right. <laughs> so that brings me to the question, right? Uh, now that you've seen the meme stocks like GameStop, um, AMC, and Dogecoin and crypto, mm. have you been looking at some other stocks that are like, bruh, like I need to get in early, like, so I can make some gains for the summer, like in the, in the short to the medium term? I mean, I'll be honest, like when things like AMC happens, it gets my you know my blood boiling i'm just like you know i need to yeah. get in back in the game because the stock market has been a bit boring these days so everything i've had in there has just been sitting there i know it's long term the market was down it's been down for a couple of months now since you know the new president biden came in um things have really changed in the stock market so i've sort of put my mind to everything being there being long term even though i did want to get out some positions but you know you can't get out positions when you're in the red right so i have to leave those guys to fly the course um, but I mean, with AMC now, that's revived my, you know, my my initial mm, for the stock market. So I'm looking at a few things, seeing how things are going. You know, I'm thinking maybe I might jump into um, BlackBerry, 
um, a few other stocks here and there, right? But I just need to be careful as well. Right, right. Because right. it's all going to be calculated risks, right? Exactly. You, you, you want to make a risk because, you know, there's a possibility of, of making a reward, but you have to be calculated. Exactly. You don't want to, in the process, lose, lose everything, right? So... I mean, I, I'm more old school. Um, I'm more of this school of thought of like, you know, like having like a portfolio and maybe putting some uh, recurring investments in it. Mm. So maybe like every Monday, automatically some money is taken from your account that goes into a certain portfolio that has a certain risk level. Mm. And the money is just like spread across like different assets. And I feel like if you're already into that kind of um, uh, investing strategy, good for you. Mm. Uh, but it's it's too difficult to overlook what is happening with all these meme stocks and how people are just cashing out. Mm. You know, one just has to like be really, really calculated and know exactly what you're doing. Know when to get in and know, just know exactly when to get out. Yeah, for sure. I think for me, it's more of a mix, really. Like, I do both, right? So I'm more of like the grab the bull by the horns investment. So I'll go do my own investments with my own money on the side. But then I still have the, you know, account thing you're talking about so like i still do my tfsa for example right um but even my tfsa i'm still a, i'm still very hands-on like hand-picking stocks on my tfsa that i actually invest in and then obviously company stocks right i just let that one sit there so those two accounts i don't those are all long-term investments for me I don't really right. touch them i haven't touched them in like three years now um so they're just there like so for those listening who don't know what a tfsa up. is uh, so that's your tax-free savings account. So basically what that means is that, you know, when you invest in this account, whatever you make, right, you actually don't pay tax on. Um, in Canada here, like, you know, if you're, your capital gain in a stock, you should pay 50%, right? You pay tax on 50% of it. Um, if you're using your TFSA, um, then you don't pay any tax on the, on the gains. But the problem with the TFSA is that you can't invest as much. So if they find out that you're using this as a trading account, and then the tax might still come for you. Do you know what I mean? It's meant to be more of a stable, invest, long-term type of thing, not like day trading, right. um, putting in, you know, so, and of course you have your limits for TFSA, you have your um, contribution um, limit that you can put on that as well. That's also another reason why I, I need an actual investment account, right? That makes a lot of sense. Um, so yeah, if you're listening and uh, you've been getting some itchy fingers about uh, investing, trying to get in the market and trying not to miss out, remember the number one rule is always to be calculated, know exactly what you're getting yourself into. Um, don't don't basically put all your money in there. Sure, you don't want to lose any money, but you will lose money when you start investing. You have to just make sure you don't go hungry or like you pay with a credit card if you don't have money for it. Just like Coinbase lets mm. you invest with a credit card, um, which I think is the worst financial decision you could ever make, <laughs> investing with money that does not belong to you. So don't ever do anything like that. Uh, and we're going to be having... A friend of ours come on the show uh, next week, a really smart guy, talk more about, you know, uh, investing techniques and how to get your feet wet in the market, making the right decisions and making sure that in the short to medium, in the medium to long term, you actually see gains and you, you know, you invest in your future, basically, because ultimately nobody wants us to be like, I don't know about, you know, the older generation, but millennials and Gen Z, nobody wants to be working past like 55. Everybody wants to start chilling. Like... <laughs> Because we've been we've been working for already a long time. We started working early. We've been been in school and working at the same time. Right. And the fact is that our compensation is not as good, right? Like, um, compared to the lifestyle. Because I mean, think about homes right now. They cost like an arm and a leg, right? Compared right. to when our parents were much younger, homes were a lot more cheaper, right? So for them, it's like they get the career, 
they get their house, they're paid, they're paid off within whatever years, maybe 10, right? right. Or even, you know, a lot faster. Some of them Probably would be paid down for it, yeah. Um, as opposed to us, where we're paying like a million bucks for a house. Probably take us 25 years, right? <laughs> 30. Ridiculous. So, and then obviously you can't even get your down payment until you're in your 30s at least, right? So, it's a bit tough, man. It's a bit tough. Oh, yeah, it's a bit tough, especially in, like, cities where it's, like, really expensive, like Vancouver, like Toronto, and, and even London, who are reopening soon. Yeah. How do you feel about Big that? Big shout out to London. Let me get my two shots. I'll be out there soon. I'm coming, guys. Catch <laughs> me. Catch me on the rooftops in London. Yeah, London's, um, I think they're opening up on the 20, 20-something or so. Yeah, June. So they're ready for summer. Like, this is right on the summer solstice, so 21st of June. Is it just um, London or like the whole of the UK? Uh, the UK, I, I believe it's the whole UK opening. Because right now they're already partially opened. Because um, I know over the bank, they had the bank holiday over the weekend. And it was just crazy what I was seeing people doing. I feel like they were basically open, to be honest. Because they were out there partying. They were doing all sorts, man. Um, but I guess um, they're going to be open, open. So traveling, whatever, like all of those, like they're going to open up um, in June. Um, a bit, you know, a couple of months ahead of us here. That should be fun because um, I know a lot of countries are trying to reopen quickly because obviously the economy is number one for the, a lot of these governments, mm. right? They want to get businesses reopened. They need money to exchange hands. They need GDPs to either stay the same way or go up. They need exactly. to continue doing trade. So, again, it's risk-reward, right? Yeah, especially countries like the UK where, you know, they don't really have any demands, right? They're not um, a production company. natural resource is on zero <laughs> um they need you know tourists to come in and spend money in the country right um True. so those countries especially want to open a lot more faster because they need people to come spend money right people to go out spend the kind of service industry is like one of the biggest industries there they need people to go to restaurants go to hotels go on holidays pay 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 right especially post brexit now where it's like they're on their own exactly things are changing things are changing so. and times are different in, in the uk another country that is Maybe not exactly reopening, but it's taking big steps to like piss off everybody and like get in the middle finger. Uh, Brazil and they are hosting like uh, the Copa. What's up with those guys though? Like they're they're <laughs> still in a COVID crisis, by the way. Oh um, yeah, like Brazil's cases are intense, and they're like, you know what? Don't worry, Argentina, we're gonna be hosting uh, this cornball uh, competition. And it's like, bro, like, have you seen your debts per day? Argentina is like, we can't do it, Brazil is like, yeah, come, let's do it here. Like, I don't even know what the, what they're thinking over there. I'm not sure what's going on, but yeah, that's a really high, second highest in the world, actually. So I, I don't even know how that's going to work for them. Um, also, the, the body, like the sports, but don't they also have a responsibility to make some decisions and be like, you know, we can't do it in Brazil because of, you know, how yeah, high your cases are. Thing, yeah. Because, uh, you know, now this is, I guess this is one of those things where you have to, it makes you question the, the kind of leadership in, like, the sports, like, organizations mm. and, and who runs, uh, you know, and who makes the decisions ultimately. Because this might be a litmus test for Tokyo 2020, which is still yet to happen, mm. because the Euros are happening. But you cannot compare the Euros right now with how much vaccine they've, they've had, um, mm. you know, uh, distributed to what's happening in Brazil, where just last week they had like a seven day average of like, what, 35,000 cases, which is they're nearing like a half a million 
Kobe related deaths like this this is is like this fire on the mountain bro I don't even know what's going on and you know as a country as well that has natural resources so they're not entirely dependent on you know um, like the small businesses and the industries you know that that needs money to constantly change hands I feel like they can weather the storm a lot more than certain countries can but I mean they're obviously not taking the steps to yeah, it's um, it's a big gamble. I guess we'll see the outcome. Um, I I really want to see how they'll manage it with like keeping all the athletes safe and uh, maybe the stadiums are gonna be empty. I doubt that, but yeah, we'll see. <laughs> we'll see how they go about it. You know. Yeah. Um, and uh, so speaking of you know gathering people in spaces and bringing them together, uh, Apple is finally saying they're gonna start having employees come back in the office. Or at least maybe in some cases three days a week how does mm. that make you feel um i think it's too soon um i mean you know we're not entirely clear right we're not clear of the situation yet um i think it should maybe be a choice right um they might need to i feel like pushing it to the next day is probably best like what's the rush to the office they're already working from home now like why do you have to go in to work if you can work from home right so, I mean, just why don't you just stay put like, and then be like, okay, you can go in if you want to, if you've got the vaccine, for example, right? Then those people can go in. What's the rush? Like, we're working from home already. Yeah, that's pretty interesting because I saw another, another article, which is completely unrelated, about employees who are quitting because they've been asked to come back to work. And this is not like Apple-related. It's just like an unrelated article. Mm. So I'm curious to see how this happens, especially with uh, Apple, because I don't mind the September timeline for some reason because I know... Mm. The U.S. is like leaps and bounds ahead of like majority of the countries in the world when it comes to vaccination. And I really, you know, I'm like 70 percent sure that July 4th is the, the defining moment of this vaccination process in the U.S. Because mm. they're going to open that country on July 4th, bro. Like there's going to be fireworks everywhere and there's no turning back after that. So I'm curious to see how they get used to. Yeah. You know, maskless outdoors, maskless indoors. Mm. Now let's go back to the three day work week in the office. Like, honestly, I don't mind it. Like it's September, right? It's just yeah. had like three months to prepare. But I mean, today. in general, though, I don't think we should go back to the norm. I don't think we should be going back to the normal five day going. It's three work. days, though. It's yeah, fine. I'm just saying, like, this is, it seems like a precursor to, you know, them saying, okay, by next day, you know, we're all going to be going back to work just as you, like, nothing ever happened. I don't think that's the future of the workplace. I think we should have a hybrid system at the very least where um, you should go in, you know, a few days a week or whatever days in the month, right? And have that flexibility to be at home. Like, it's better for families, it's better for people in general, it's better for your mental health, actually, right? You can have a little bit more rest because you can wake up a bit later to start work, right? You can work at your own pace. Um, so I, I feel like um, this is probably Apple um, pushing towards, you know, going back to fully normal, which I don't think we should go back to in general in the world today. Yeah, with regards to like the hybrid work week, I am with you like 110% on that because trust me, like I know, you know, the benefits, like the upside of like being able to like uh, interact with people, mm. like, you know, water cooler conversations. I feel like that is actually really good for people's mental health as well, right? Because, mm -hmm. and then those little office conversations that you don't know that might actually even get your promotion as opposed to like Zoom calls with your boss 247, right? Mm. But um, let's see what it looks like with the three day work week. Let's, uh, let's see. If they're going to be saying come in only if you're already vaccinated and you have like the proof mm. for it. Let's see if they're going to mix it up with a little bit of a hybrid uh, thingamajig going on there. 
um but september uh this is this is june what the second we have july and august and then uh we'll see we'll see what happens after yeah, that about three months let's see how it goes Yep, let's see how it goes. Apple's always in the news for one thing or the other, so I'm sure... What they need to be on the news for is their stock prices going up, because I'm a bit tired of that, just, you know, staying the way it is right now. Do something new, man. Let's make some money. Oh, yeah, Apple's always going to be um, that um, stock that I, I think is going to be favored, at least for a very long time. So... Well, yeah. let's hope so. Yeah, let's hope so. And uh, on a gentler note, I think we can... Uh, be uh, winding down slowly with this. Uh, you heard about the the mass grave that was discovered here in uh, Canada? Yeah, um, Kamloops, not too far from here. So that's um, Kamloops is about uh, about a four hour drive from here. Right. Depending, right? Um, really sad, sad situation um, going on, right? Like um, it just shows the reality of what was going on. Um, in the residential school, which wasn't that you know long ago, right? The last one was closed in '96, right? Mm -hmm. Out east, or was it the Northwest Territories? I can't remember exactly what province or territory had the last one that was closed. Um, but I mean, it's not that it's not that long ago, literally. So the people that went to that um, school are still alive today, right? Right. And are still dealing with the consequences of you know the abuse and the neglect or whatever and all the other things that they went through um, while they were there, right? I had people speak, I listened to a few people speak today, and it's just disheartening to listen to, like they were crying, you know? Um, talking about, you know, um, their parents and how they couldn't, like, the whole point of residential school was to assimilate um, First Nation people into Canadian, what they considered, you know, mainstream um, Canadian society, right? So they ripped away they want to rip away like their cultural backgrounds and, and force them to adapt this other way of life, right? They were not allowed to speak the languages or practice their religion in the schools, and they purposely made um, the school locations further away from home to, and you know, discourage visits, right? And they had like a pass system, um, so they wouldn't let parents just come visit when they wanted to, right? So they would have that less, you know, minimal contact. So these people that went through the school had issues, actually. Um, assimilating into their own First Nation community or going back to the First Nation community because of what the schools have done to them, right? And that resulted in a whole bunch of other things like, you know, that still disturb the community today. Alcoholism, um, there's, a, there's a obviously a high detention rate in terms of incarceration, right? Um, all these things are effects from here. So it's, it's very sad. They're abused, you know. And as we can see now, a lot of people lost their lives as well. It's really unfortunate because it's, it's just really dark. It's like something out of like a Stephen King novel. Yeah, it's just, it's... Um, 215 children. It, it's, and I hope that they launched that investigation to say exactly, you know, what could have happened there. Um, it's crazy because like, it's not over, right? Like, uh, First Nation people are still, you know, suffering today, right? They're still discriminated against, right? There's a perception that people have about them, right? Um, um, look at the they're overrepresented in in the prison populations, right? Um, to today is still today as well. The um, First Nation kids are still being taken away from their parents. They have one of the highest uh, rates of um, what's it called? You know, when social care comes and takes, they have one of the highest rates of that. So right. these things are still going on today. They still need to be fixed. Like the society has not moved on from the atrocities that they have committed in the past. They're still doing them today, right? Yeah, it's really dark, and uh, there's already a GoFundMe that's been set up, uh, you know, appealing to the government to try and acknowledge this and 
and uh, take it significantly more seriously and even even uh, uh, create like a, a day for like a memorial for these people mm. because like on. the internet technology is very public and come out of this I mean Stephen Harper um, had apologized a while back when he was still prime minister about the um, first about the um, residential school situation right um, the government still needs to come out and also say something much more clearer like I, I, I attended um, a smudging uh, um, ceremony today, right, a First Nation one, um, obviously about this situation as well, right? Um, and it's just like the government hasn't done enough. There's not enough acknowledgement, even from the people as well, right? Everyone that lives in this country, right? This is the First Nation. This is their country. This is their land. They were here first, right? right. They had a community of people. There's so much, I can go into so much detail from, you know, from my own analysis of red, like, first of all, the fact that Canada and the U.S. exists is already um, a violation of their rights, right? Because sure. they separated people, they separated people across borders. Like, a lot of First Nation people in Canada had families across the border in the U.S., right? right. They separated them into two separate countries, right? And it's been, it's been, and that's gone on for generations. Spiral. They've been separated from those families now for generations because they've lost, they lost that contact in because they're in, you know, one, one was controlled by the British. America eventually went independent, like you know. So there's all these atrocities. So it's, it's, it's a really deep issue, um, in these Muckland. And not to talk about, you know, um, the introduction of disease like smallpox that was brought along oh, with the yeah. Europeans that killed so many, so many, and the they introduction of, of a capitalist system. Yeah. So the First Nation um, communities, this was not a system that they they knew about. This was not a system that they, um, you know, were used to. And it caused a lot of issues, right? Um, the fur trade and those things divided a lot of First Nation communities, right? Um, the, the concept of owning personal property it wasn't their way of life, right? So from the beginning up until now, it's just been one thing after the other. And I don't think the government has done enough, right? The treaty rights... Um, forcing the First Nation people to live uh, to live on reserve land, all of those things. I could go on and on and on, but you know, I will be here for the whole day, and we only have a limited time on this. But yeah, I encourage everyone to read up on it, look into it. If you have any First Nation friends, reach out to them at this moment, because um, trust me, they're not feeling too great, right? Um, reach out to them, talk to them. Um, a lot of them still have families that were, you know, in the residential schools. A lot of residential school survivors are still alive today, right? Right. Yeah, and on that note, uh, we're going to wrap up. Uh, you know, like Timmy said, you know, if you have any friends or, you know, anybody from the First Nations or from one of the, the tribes, just reach out to them and talk to them. And uh, just, as always, just be there for one another, right? So, yeah, back at Conversations. Uh, thank you for listening. Until we catch you guys in the next one. On the next one. All right, that's a wrap. Cheers. Cheers.